begun. Chair, staff is ready when you are. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, April 17th, 2023 meeting of the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Wright is currently absent. Commissioner, our committee member, Sala. Present. Member Masias is currently absent. Member Wolf. Here. Member Goris is currently absent. Vice Chair Cooney. Present. Member Riviera. Present. Member Bird. Member Peschall? Present. Member Odo Kent is absent. And Member Diaz? Present. And Chair Dickinson? Here. Thank you. We have quorum. Thank you. Um, I would like to remind members of the public in chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your de desired item. Online, if you are online, click on the raise hand on the bottom of your screen. On the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. If you are calling via telephone, to, to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four di digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you're called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise if you are able for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. May we acknowledge Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, 
with liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have no hands raised online. Thank you. Are there any members, uh, committee members, who wish to speak on this item? Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? I'll move the item. Member Diaz? I'll second. Member Cooney seconds. I have a motion and a second. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Member Wright is absent. Member Sala? Yes. Member Macias is absent. Member Wolf? Yes. Yes, yes from Wolf. Uh, Member Gorris is absent. Uh, Member Cooney? Yes. Member Riviera? Yes. Member Bird? Member Pestall? Yes. Member Odo Kent is absent. Member Diaz? Yes. Yes. And Chair Dickinson? Yes. Thank you. The motion passes. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar. And item number four is the overview of city budget and ma major revenue sources. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, there is a staff presentation. Tonight we're joined by Marthala Santizo, the city's budget manager in the Department of Finance. Welcome, thank you. Good evening, Measuring You Committee members. My name's Marthala Santizo, I'm the budget manager. I'm going to give you um, a budget overview and I just want to let you know that this budget overview has the fiscal year 23 information on it. Uh, fiscal year 24 won't be released until next week, so once that's released, Ash can um, send you the link for the budget so that you can review it. Um, I will present on the fiscal year 24 budget next month for your Measure U committee meeting, so that will be available for you to get information. Okay. All right, um, so just some city basics of, for, of Sacramento and who we are. Um, we are uh, a city of 518,000 residents with over 101 square miles. Um, as you can see, we have the most diverse, one of the most diverse cities in America. Um, we have about 1.6 million residents in Sacramento County, which um, includes Sacramento, Citrus Heights, Folsom, Elk Grove, Rancho Cordova, Elton, and Galt. And we're the center of our six county greater Sacramento region, which includes about 2.6 million residents. We are a council manager form of government. Um, city council is our legislative body and city manager is the chief executive. We have five charter offices under the council, um, the city attorney's office, city, aud city auditor, city clerk, city manager, and city treasurer. We have eight council districts, and for our fiscal year 23 budget, we have 
almost 5,000 employees budgeted. And as you can see here, this is our organizational chart. It includes the charter offices that I just mentioned and the departments below that are under the city manager. Okay. I'm going to go into um, our budget development and just what the city does to um, create the budget and how we also um, break it down. So just a definition on what is a budget. Our budget is an estimate of income and expenditures for a set period of time. Our set period of time is by fiscal year, which is from June to, I'm sorry, July to June. Uh, the budget serves as the financial plan for the city, and of course it reflects the priorities and goals of the council for that fiscal year and establishes funding levels for city services. It can change throughout the fiscal year. We do have times that um, departments come to council to change the budget, um, and we also have changes during mid-year if one occurs. And of course our budget is governed by federal, state, and local law. This chart right here shows um, just a little bit of how the annual city budget is developed. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we start a fiscal year on July 1st, which um, everything just gets initiated at the department level. Uh, we, we do start planning and making any changes to our process in the summer, which is why you'll see the planning portion of that. And that also includes um, any sort of policy changes, principles, education, um, and any policy updates that departments may have that will occur in the fall. If we do a mid-year budget, we will start working on it in December and work through it in January and come to council to present it in February. In the meantime, we're also working on the annual budget process, which will start sometime also in December. And we work through that in January, make decisions um, coming in March and April, and then that's when we release the budget. We we come to uh, council in May and on June to present the proposed budget and the approved budget. So any changes that occurs during the proposed budget process um, at council will be um, implemented for the approved budget, which goes to final adoption in June. Okay, so how is this budget organized? These are, we have different funds that breaks down our budget. Um, the one that you're probably the most used to seeing is the general measure U funds, which is general, it's the monies that supports general government. We also have enterprise funds, which include our utilities department, some of our public works. Um, these are funds that are supported by ratepayers, which goes out to the public for vote. We also have an economic uncertainty reserve, which is essentially used for any type of emergency and it's about 10% of our revenue budget. We have debt service funds, which is of course restricted to payment of debt service. We have our internal service funds, which, um, provide, which is our own internal services that's charged to city departments, and that's usually charged to enterprise funds departments so that we can um, receive um, reimbursements for support services. We have special fund, I'm sorry, special revenue funds, which are funds like the library service parcel tax, which is special assessment um, for corn additional, additional library services. We also have um, property and business improvement districts like PBIDs, 
um, and that's an, a special assessment that property owners and business owners vote on so that it's used to um, make any improvements in their area. Okay. And then we also have trust funds, and it's restricted to a specific purpose. So an example of that would be our OPEP fund, which is other post-benefits um, benefits, and it will fund the medical, dental, and vision of retirees, and it uses year-end pension savings. But that is a specific fund for a specific use, and we can't use it for any other reason. Okay, so our fiscal year 23 budget is about $1.45 billion. It includes about $724 million that um, is for general fund and measure U. We have close to $600 million for enterprise and other funds, and then about $132 million of that is for capital improvements. We have over 300 active funds, but about 400 in total that may or may not be used at the time. Okay. Now I'm going to get into some of the details of the general measure U funds. So where does most of our funds come from? The majority of our funds come from <coughs> property tax, and that's what we consider general fund. Um, as you can see here, the measure U tax um, accounts for about 18% of the budget, and it's at about 135 million, so these numbers are in millions. Um, the next one down is our general sales and use tax. We have utility user tax as well, and then other revenues and other sources. Um, some of the things that comes from our other revenue bucket is charges for fees and services. So some of the departments that charges fees like pools, that will be part of the revenue that we receive there. Okay. In regards to expenses, the majority of our general fund and measure U funds pays for employee services. As you can see, it's close to 70%. Um, about 20% goes to service and supplies, and then the rest of it is broken down in multiple projects and debt service. And this is how the general fund measure U monies are broken down. Um, just as um, an FYI, the general fund pays for the majority of the public safety monies that you see there. Um, measure U only pays for a portion of it, um, which includes like hiring pipelines for the police, the diversity program from, um, for fire, and park rangers and parks, and um, animal services. And that only accounts for about $18 million. Okay. So some of the key drivers that we are seeing with um, the increases in general fund and measure U are salaries. It's probably not a shock, but um, we have rising employer pension costs, which we don't have control over because that's controlled by CalPERS. Um, we also have rising health care costs. Um, our liability insurance costs also increases. What that includes is general liability and auto liability, so anytime there is any sort of um, lawsuit that comes to the city, we are responsible for that. Um, it also includes service and contract, inflation increases, homeless services, and um, as we've been dealing with for the last like year or so, just our current national economic conditions. Okay, and what this chart is showing you is essentially our cost increase for pension. As you can see, it just continues to increase um, every year, and this is 
This is really dependent on the number of employees we have and also the cost of employees. Um, so every year we will get a new percent from CalPERS on what to uh, put into our budget. And part of that is split with employees, um, but the employer, which is a city, um, bears the brunt of it. Okay. So I'm going to go, in the next slide, I'm going to go over our forecast for 23. Um, in next month's meeting, I will go over the 24 forecast with you when we present the 24 budget. But just as an idea on how we create the forecast, we use historical revenue trends, um, any changes in laws and circumstance, um, economic updates. We do have uh, consultants that help us with projecting what uh, our revenues will be bringing in, and then information from the county assessor's office. So this is our forecast for fiscal year 23. As you can see in the top row there, um, actually, I'm going to take a step back. So um, this includes both general fund and measure U. Council has asked us to combine this um, several fiscal years ago. So that is why you're seeing this as a combined forecast. Um, so as, as you can see, this is our budgeted revenues for um, fiscal year 23 and then our projections moving forward. Uh, revenues are the revenues that we talked about before uh, and, and other sources are any sort of monies that we receive from other funds that fund any sort of general fund or measure U expenses. And then below that are expenditures, which includes our operating budget, debt budget, and then MIOPS, which is multi-year operating projects. We include our capital projects as well, and the economic uncertainty reserve contribution, which again is about 10% of our revenue. Okay, and then, and that's, that shows us what our surplus and deficit is. And below that, we have broken out homeless services. Um, this is just to show council and um, the public of like just the, the amount of money that homeless services has cost and just what our gap is. And um, as you can see here, we met the, we were able to fund the gap for fiscal year 23 and fiscal year 24, we're showing a larger gap and then it continues on. The way that we create our forecast is if we have a certain known amount of monies, like if we receive funding from the federal government or a state government, we will put it in our forecast, but we can't put it in our forecast until we actually receive the funds. Okay. So this is just to kind of give you guys an idea of what the budget reality is. Our expenditures are growing. As you can see, labor costs continue to exceed revenue growth. Um, pensions will continue to increase and employees are approximately 70% of the city's budget. The um, other issues that we are seeing is long-term liabilities continuing to grow, and um, and while it's not on there, the impact of the economic slowdown is also causing um, some fiscal challenges for us as well. Okay, I'm going to go over some of our major tax revenues um, so that you have an idea of what we are looking at. So the largest revenue source that we have is property tax. Um, it's about $205 million. Uh, so as I mentioned um, earlier, we are, we are seeing a slowdown. So as you can see, 
from when the pandemic started, which was in 2020, we um, had a huge growth between 2020 and 2022, and, uh, and also like hitting 2023. But after that, we're showing a slowdown of growth in the future of fiscal years. And so until, uh, until we see any sort of changes in the economy, um, like a decrease in interest rates and a decrease in, um, in uh, I'm sorry, inflation rates, uh, it will continue to remain um, a slow growth. Okay. So even though we receive, even though there's quite a bit of property tax, it doesn't all come to the city. As you can see, out of a dollar, only 21% of it comes to the city. So every time um, we, every time there's an allocation of a one dollar, we only get 21%, um, which is 21 cents. Okay. Okay. Our next um, revenue is sales tax. Um, this one is not so. Measure U is the second largest tax that we receive a sales tax is the third and for this one we receive about 108 million that's budgeted for 23 um, same thing as property tax we're seeing we saw huge growth um, between 2020 and 2023 and we're going to we're anticipating slow growth moving forward until there's a turn in the economy Okay, so for Measure U, we're, um, it's the same thing. So the difference between sales tax and Measure U tax is that sales tax is um, a tax that's on every, like anything that's spent within the city. But with Measure U, it's for anything that is spent in the city that and any sort of purchases that are delivered to a city address. So if you purchase a car in a different county, you will um, there will be a Measure U tax that's put on it. So that's the difference between the two. And with this one, we, are, uh, we have about $135 million budgeted for um, fiscal year 23. And again, the same situation. Um, you're seeing, obviously, between 19 and 20, that was when the um, tax went from 50 cents to a dollar. And then, of course, we had major growth between 2020 and 2023, and then it slows down. Our fourth largest tax is utility users tax. Um, what this is is tax on gas, electric, um, cell phones, cable, and wired telecom. Uh, what you're seeing there in regards to huge increases is actually due to increases in electric and gas rates. So that's why you're seeing a huge jump. Um, however, they, uh, our consultants are anticipating that it, there will still be a slow growth. So that's why you're seeing the forecast as it is. Okay, so we're kind of getting to the end here, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about budget priorities. Um, so uh, there's always um, a large amount of need um, opposed to like how many, how much resources we have. Uh, these are just some of the things that we mentioned to council and some of the struggles that we have um, in regards to setting priorities. Um, obviously, we have to look at what, how much revenues we receive versus what our expenditures are, what type of projects or um, expenses are long-term versus short-term, um, any sort of expenses that are one-time and ongoing, operating versus capital. Uh, 
it's it's really like it's really different departments versus different departments and just everything policies versus policies. Um, these are some of the things that we deal with internally and externally. I, we're still dealing with the aftermath of the pandemic. We're going to be dealing with the economic recovery and it's unknown when that will actually occur. Um, of course, community priorities will um, be something that's always going to be uh, a decision that council will make. And then if there are any sort of other government guidelines that we need to receive, like anything from the state or federal government, we have to take that in consideration and include it in our budget. Okay. And that is the end of my presentation. Thank you, I appreciate it very much. Um, first clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers. And I have one member of the public with their hand raised online. Uh, call in user one. Hello, yes, my name is Lambert Davis. And as I study what the person just said, that's another case that I believe that I keep hearing that the employees need raises. But to me, if you're working remotely, and I've read somewhere in Sacramento where some city employees are working in another state remotely. I don't think you deserve a raise. I mean, if you're at home, what's the raise for? The only one at City Hall that showed that she deserved a raise was Minty Cuppy. She was in the chamber during the pandemic. So she had to do everything you do to get ready for work and come down to the building. She deserves a raise. But for some of you city employees that don't have to come to the building, what is the raise for? You don't have to drive. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to do what most people have to do. You don't use gas. And I personally believe that if you're working remotely in another state and getting a check from Sacramento City, you should be terminated. That's, that's, to me, that's abuse of COVID. I mean, how do you justify living in another state and getting a check and getting raises because you're on the payroll? There should be an audit of city employees of where they're working remotely. Because if they're working out of state, they should not get a check. You know, there's no way. That's abuse. And I want to end by saying that's a very good report by the person who just gave it because this is a very multicultural city. And if people don't want to work for the city and work outside the state, then fire them and hire some people who really do want to work for the city and live here. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Uh, Chair, I have no more members of the public with their hands raised. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Uh, Commissioner Com Commissioner Sala, I have a question, and thank you. I, I really appreciate your report. It was very, very. It's a complex issue, but you put it in terms that was very simple and easy to understand. Um, I, I do have a question because it looks like if we don't get 
the funding from the federal government for homeless services will have a deficit. So do you have any sense that that, I know you said you can't put that in there, but do you have a sense of whether there's going to be um, state or federal support? Uh, yes. So we have, so this forecast is, is definitely old. Um, you, pro you probably remember it from last year. Um, we did receive funds from the state that will help us, and so we're using that to help um, close the gap, and we have some other funding sources that you'll see later um, on in the next, when we release the budget. So you'll see where everything lands with homelessness um, for fiscal year 24, and then you'll also see the outgoing costs and what the new gaps will be moving forward. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Member Diaz. Yeah, hi, thank you, and thank you so much for that really great presentation. Um, I wanted to get a bit of a better idea of the year-to-year -year picture on the Measure U funds. I believe I saw an $135 million for Measure U this year, and I might have read previously $145 million last fiscal year. Is that accurate, a $10 million drop-off from year-to-year? I think what you're seeing is um, the revenues versus expenditures. So mm -hmm. expenditures is at 145 million, I believe, and then 135 is what we're receiving in revenues. So there is, um, there is, there was a deficit in regards to fiscal year 23. The general fund is covering that deficit, mm -hmm. um, and then when you see, and you'll see, and uh, there is a forecast that's in the current budget, um, if you go to the city's website, you'll see that we do have a five-year forecast in there, and you can see what the um, deficit is. I don't know it off the top of my head right now, but um, you'll see like what the changes are for Measure U based on what growth we have for expenditures and what we were forecasting for revenue. Got it. I'll be happy to take a look, especially as I think you mentioned you might give us another presentation next month. Yes, so next month, um, so we, we're releasing the budget next week, and then um, we will be going to council next month as well. Um, I believe that your next meeting is, I think, May 15th or sometime in the middle of May. I will be presenting the fiscal 24 budget and just any um, new information regarding measure you expenditures to everyone. Got it. Thank you. Uh, and then one more question. This one may be directed at Ash. Um, at what point in the fiscal year process, or, or maybe for both of you, does the Measure U committee give any sort of input or advice to the council on the expenditure of the Measure U funds? Just wanna make sure I have our timeline uh, correct. Yeah, that's a very good question. So item three on your agenda includes um, both the Measure U ballot language that voters approved, as well as the resolution that created the Measure U committee. I will say um, one of the things that's happened is I think when the Measure U Committee was established, it was around really focusing on this key deliverable of an annual report, which is more retrospective in nature. So in this case, you would be looking at the prior fiscal year, mm -hmm. but we understood that as the budgets were being proposed by the mayor and council, or sorry, being approved by the mayor and council, proposed by the city manager, there was strong interest from committee members to be able to sort of offer recommendations between the time that the budget was proposed and the time that it's adopted. And so, um, unfortunately, the short answer is there isn't necessarily a set schedule, so to speak. 
but with that said, there is an opportunity, I believe, for the committee to sort of respond to the proposed budget and, and put forth some ideas and recommendations to the city council for consideration. You would um, need to do that by your June meeting, really. I mean, even potentially before that. Um, so going in, recognizing that the budget will be proposed next week, we could put an agenda item on your May agenda in which you would at least try to develop some draft recommendations and potentially finalize them at that meeting. And that would certainly expedite the process by which we could transmit those recommendations to the Budget and Audit Committee. Got it, thank you. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll give it some thought. Perhaps that's something the committee is interested in doing, but appreciate you giving us an update on the timeline and thank you again for the presentation. Can, can I add just one thing to that? Is that the committee in the past has provided recommendations to the Budget and Audit Committee and the Council. It's been a bit of a scramble um, because the, the balancing honoring that the council gets the budget information first and and getting it in time for us to review, develop recommendations, and submit recommendations. It, it is a challenge um, to do it on a timely basis. And of course, if it's not timely, it's not relevant. So. Uh, Member Wolf. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for the thorough presentation. Um, I did have a question regarding, I guess, like the drop off in revenue. Is like, is there going to be an estimation on how the, how much of that is commercial property, and then the lack of revenue that's coming from that? Because there's obviously a lot of vacancies nationwide, and that's a big problem at the moment. There will be a section in our forecast. Um, so I'm sorry. There there's a section in our budget that's called the forecast section and it does have in-depth um, information about property tax and just um, what you're asking for so that uh, when when you do review the budget you can go ahead and read that section it'll provide you some information on that um, I would say you can go to the fiscal year 23 budget to look at it but really when the economic slowdown occurred when we were developing the 24 budget, you're probably not going to see any of that in the fiscal year 23 budget book. So um, once it comes out, you'll get some information, more information about what drove the property tax um, slowdown. Thank you. Uh, Member Riviera. Thank you. Thank you for your presentation. I'm still kind of getting used to this information. And um, if you if I understood correctly, it said the council had asked for the combination of the funds of the general slash measure U be combined. Yes. Is there any way how we can get the information of how much actually was measure U funding? Yes, yeah, so um, we do separate out Measure U in the budget book. Um, if you look in the Fiscal 23 budget book, again, in the forecast section, there is a separate section um, that's measure, it's like a separate subsection in there that's Measure U, and you'll see the forecast there for Measure U. Ash, could you provide that to us? Yes. Okay. And then the second thing was um, budget priorities. Internet, uh, I saw something that said unfunded liabilities. What's that mean? So unfunded liabilities is the pension liabilities. It's what the um, difference is between how much we have um, 
in our we have paid for versus what we haven't and so um, every year um, we pay a certain amount this is based on what PERS calculates um, to PERS in order to cover our pension um, and so that's what it that's what we call unfunded liabilities so there's a portion of PERS that's um, where we, we give a certain percent based on every employee that works here and whether or not they're a miscellaneous employee or safety employee. And then there's the unfunded portion, which um, is something that they provide us based off of the previous um, salaries, previous year salaries. So. Does that include um, lawsuits? It does not, no. Thank you. And thank you for your presentation. I think it was good. Any other commissioner questions? I have a couple. Thank you very much for your presentation. We appreciate the time you took, and it was concise and, and um, helpful. Um, I have a question um, on the priorities. You gave us the factors and the trade-offs that uh, inform the priorities, but what are the priorities? Do we have, can, can you share what the priorities are? I, um, we our current part so that the, the list that I gave you was really just kind of like what you just said the trade-offs um, the priorities right now at least um, in from what I know the city manager is um, looking for is to really ensuring that the um, community has essentially what they need um, there's also like making sure that services um, provided by the city are efficient and robust um, and and I can't remember what, oh, and um, there's also like an affordable housing priority in there too. So you'll see, you'll see some of that in the budget book when it comes out next week. Um, and, th and that's really just on the city manager side. Um, on the council side, we'll have to see what they come up with when we present the budget and then they have their own, um, they have their own, um, priorities that they may want to give us. So when we see the FY24 budget, there will, will be at least the city manager's priorities called out? Yes. Great, yeah. great. And then I, I, I'm not sure I understood fully. Right now, you're projecting slowing growth in revenue, but are you projecting any of the revenue streams to drop in that? Um, so in some of them, yes, but in others, no. So um, so overall, revenues are increasing. It's just not increasing as fast as it increased previous in previous fiscal years. So um, what we did see was that although the pandemic did impact quite a bit of um, services in other areas, um, our revenues did, it took a hit in the beginning, but then it had a, pretty rapid growth um, during the time of recovery so while that growth was great it's not it wasn't it's not going to be sustainable with um, how the economic forecast is looking so with the increases in interest rates and um, and everything else that's occurring within our economy we're seeing less spending which is why you're seeing property tax go down because people are not buying homes as much um, also the um, the amount of money that people spend on disposable items have decreased as well, so sales tax is going down as well. But um, is it going down, or is it not going up as fast? It's just not going up as fast. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes, thank that's, you. That's what I was trying to. Yeah. So we are seeing growth. It's just not as it's just not increasing as fast as it was for the last two fiscal years. 
Thank you very much. I see we have one more um, member question. Uh, member Sala. Thank you. I I, um, I do have a, some questions, and then um, let me ask you my first question. So, uh, when do you expect to have the mayor's priority? You, I, I remember last year we received something where the mayor identified his priorities. That is unknown at this moment in time. Um, we will pre be presenting at the budget and audit committee meeting, um, mm -hmm. and so maybe that will come then. Um, uh, we're, it, it's up to his office to release them whenever he's ready for that. And then I just want to make a comment, because um, last year I was really involved in the budget recommendations, and it was quite intensive to review um, how, how many pages was in that, in that budget? It was like 100 and something, and trying to sift through that and then determine, um, get a sense of, of what the priorities are and, and potential recommendation for Measure U took quite a bit of time. At that time, we had ad hocs, and we were able to work in a small, there was like four of us. Um, and we had individuals, I was new, so I had a lot of learning to do, but there was individuals that were on there for some time and, were, and helped us sift through and understand it. Um, and then we were able to make recommendations in time to go, to bring it to Measure U, have a discussion, get it approved, then go to um, the Budget and Audit Committee, and then so forth. So. I'm worried, um, as a representative of the citizens of Sacramento, that I'm not going to be able, me and the committee are going to be able to do our due diligence because we're not, well, it's going to come out next week and we'll all get a copy and we'll review it, but we really can't do anything until um, maybe doubtful, May, if we get approved for our sub for our subcommittee in June and then go through the process and we might be just getting something to the city council very, very quickly. Um, I'm concerned that it won't be uh, an in-depth review that has happened in the past because of the very, very short time frame that we're gonna have to do that. So I just wanted to go on the record and express um, my concerns over that. And I know you, it's not, you have it, no control over this whatsoever, but it's just my concern. I can say that if you, I know the budget book is a little daunting. It is um, a, a, a big and long document. Um, we In the presentation that I will give you, you'll see what the breakdown is um, for Measure U. Um, but if you, so the forecast, I'm sorry, so the budget overview section will show um, any new increases to the Measure U budget. So you'll see that there, but you'll see more of the details in each of the department um, areas and those, and they'll actually state the, um, what were, what things were added and which funds are paying for it. So I know that it's probably more of a review for the committee, but it is in there. Um, and so if you do look in those sections, that information will be there. It's, it, it won't be in a concise, like it won't be in a concise um, section and it won't be like provided to you until I come to 
your meeting um, in the next month to present it. So, I'm sorry, I just have one more. Um, one of the things that we've asked in the past, and it's, and we we haven't really received it, and it's too late now, but. It's important for us to able to see, okay, we funded this department or this project so much is to be able to see were they effective? What did they do with that money? Did they meet their goal in and what they needed the money for? And and I don't know that we're gonna be able to see that as we're making our recommendations. That year. is actually presented in um, our quarterly reports. Um, I know it's, again, another large document, but um, we have an attachment in our quarterly reports that provide program updates for Measure U. And what it does state is the department and the division or section or whatever was funded in that department, and then it gives an update for that quarter. So you can, it is available, it's just you'll have to read through the entire thing, and it is, again, it's a large document, but we request that every department provide that information every quarter. So how do I, if I wanna look at that, how would I um, it is part of our quarterly reports that goes to council. And so, Ash, um, if you don't mind forwarding them, those reports, we have quarter one and quarter two out. Quarter three just closed um, last week, and we'll be presenting quarter three um, probably within the next month. But you should get a good idea of where programs are at at the mid-year mark. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for those questions, and thanks very much for your presentation. We look forward to seeing you next month, and uh, excited to see what the what the uh, budget shows then. Thank you. Thank you. Item five is review of the draft fiscal year twenty two twenty three measure U fact sheet. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see. It didn't come up on my screen. So, um, Madam Chair, can we ask a presentation be made at the end of each quarter? Ask. Ash, what do you think? Um, I think this will actually tie into the next uh, presentation, which is going to get specifically into the Measure You Fact Sheet, which is based on the um, quarterly financial reports that we received. So we might be able to go into the next, are we on the next item? I think we're on the next item, so. Well, I announced I the next item, of, but I had missed member. Okay, so that, that's my request. My request would be that at the end of each quarter that we have someone come and make a presentation of where the monies were spent and give us an update. That's my request. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. Member Goris. Uh, uh, Thank you. Uh, motion by Member Riviera, motion by, uh, seconded by Goris. Any discussion? I, I, any discussion? Yeah, I, I know. I, uh, um, so you, you're, you're, the item that we were talking about um, is noticed for discussion only. It's not for action. And so you can't uh, make a motion of vote at this time. So, but you, you know, staff can certainly 
hear your interest in that and take that back and come back to you at a later time and let you know if they can provide that information. Could I, could I put it on the agenda for next month then to have to have staff come back and... Um, Yes, so the way um, we request agenda items for the agenda log is during committee member ideas and questions, but I will write this request down and we can definitely add it to the log. Thank you, sure. Ash. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, so, or, go ahead. Our, our, member Wolf. So we're here to give feedback just on the, our overall thoughts on the document is what we were, this originally was calendared for? Yes, I apologize. I'm just a little confused yeah, on, because we dovetailed the last discussion and rolled into the new item and I was going to take a little bit of time to present this item, so I just wasn't sure yeah, if let's, the... Let's confirm what yeah. item we're on, yeah. <laughs> because I announced item five, which was the Measure U fact sheet, and so are, are you on the Measure U fact sheet? Question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so before we get to you, we need to ask if there's any public comment on this item. First, we need the oh, oh, we need the presentation. By yes. Ash. Sorry. Thank you, everybody. So, good evening. I'm Ash Ragani, Special Projects Manager in the City Manager's Office. Um, so, we're here to present to you tonight a draft fact sheet. Um, this is actually based on the second quarter. Measure U programming financial update that uh, Merthala previously mentioned. So we actually do send these out to committee members as they become available. It looks a little bit like this document here. I'm trying to see, I know it's about 15 pages, so it's a lot of text. And so what you do, we do provide this to you though, so, but I understand that it's a lot of text heavy to kind of digest and understand. And so based on feedback from committee members who have expressed interest in providing material to the public to better explain how Measure U funds are allocated, we developed this draft fact sheet. And this was actually specifically at the request of member Riviera who was tabling at a Cesar Chavez event last month and wanted some material. So, we um, quickly put this together and wanted to present it to the committee for feedback tonight. Uh, based on your feedback, we'll be able to sort of finalize it, um, get your thoughts and, and send it out to folks, make it more publicly available. But also this is an opportunity to kind of take a first step to really better understand what your needs are as committee members in terms of understanding the types of information that you're looking for as it relates to Measure U. So, I'll just quickly give an overview here. It's, it's divided into about four different sections. This, this first part of the document really just summarizes when Measure U was approved. Um, we then describe um, sort of the spending categories and list out the amounts in this table. This is where the $145 million number came from. We then have a pie chart that visually breaks this down. And so moving to the other side, we start to summarize uh, which programs are funded by the category name. These are the same categories that are in the pie chart. And then at the very bottom, we just have a quick summary that the Measure U Committee is really the, the group that advises the mayor and council on community priorities as it relates to Measure U. So again, 
This is just a very high-level summary of um, this information that's in here, but I do anticipate that at some point, without committing to a specific date, <laughs> we may be able to kind of develop a more interactive dashboard that um, makes it easier to pull out even more information based on kind of the current status, the number of employees that are funded, uh, the purpose of the program, things like that. So um, really just wanted to kind of open this up for discussion and see what you all thought, if you have any feedback, um, and we can sort of finalize this and get it out to you. Yeah. Or, Thank you, but we have to ask if, there are public if, if there's any public comment on this item. Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have one member of the public with their hand raised online. Uh, call in user one. Yes, is this number six? No. Okay, well then I'll, I'll go on mute. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I have no other members of the public with their hands raised. Thank you, and I have three um, members who want to speak, starting with Member Wolf. Finally. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, I um, thanks for staff's efforts on this. I think it is concise, it's to the point, but it's also thorough or explains it well enough to someone who might really have no idea about it. Um, the one thing that I would say add is maybe the QR code that's on the back of the card, right? So it links to a place where they can get more information, um, and maybe even find out when and where the meetings are happening if they wanted to participate. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Member Gores. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I want to say thank you to Member Rivera for pushing this um, issue. The fact sheet is fant it looks fantastic. Uh, Ash, thank you for your efforts with this. So my question to you is, will this fact sheet be available quarterly instead of a presentation? That, if that might be a situation we might have to talk about. Yes, um, we need to sort of figure out when the data are updated. I believe, um, and I'm looking at Marthala, I think there's a certain quarter where it's not updated. Is it updated all four quarters? or Because the fourth quarter, don't we roll into the next fiscal year? Or do we actually update it retrospectively? I know that we um, reported on quarter one, two, and three. Um, we don't typically do a fourth quarter report, um, but after quarter one, we do another one as well. So um, I believe that it's, a le it's at the very least updated three times a year. Yeah, so we can provide an updated copy um, each, each time we get the updated data, but I'm not sure if that answers your question. Is that? Yeah, it answers my question for right now, but thank you. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Member Gores. Um, Member Diaz. Yeah, thank you. Um, I realize this is the first initial fact sheet, and it looks excellent. Uh, I wonder if it might be available in the future if we table with it online in different languages as well, just in case we want to uh, access folks who, who speak a different language. Is that an option, maybe? Yes, um, the city is in the process of implementing its new language access policy, and so I think some of us at least are still figuring out the mechanics of how that works, but effectively it does provide us greater resources uh, as it relates to translations, and so we could certainly um, look at uh, getting these documents translated. Totally, thank you. And then um, I realized today we're just reviewing and providing feedback. I assume at a future meeting we might move towards approval and having it finalized? 
Um, it wouldn't be necessary. Um, we can, like, we could finalize this tomorrow and send it out to you, and you'd never have to vote on it. But if, if you wanted to vote on it, we could think about bringing it back. It's really your choice, I think. I'm a big fan of efficiency, so if it's ready tomorrow, that would be excellent. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Member Riviera. Ash, do you happen to have the changes that I gave to you? I do, yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm turning my back because it's on the screen up here, and it's not on our screen here. Oh, it's on the screen now? Okay. So one of the things that I had recommended was where he has affordable housing and then the dollar amount that he put it over to the... Can you go move over a little bit? Scroll down. Where it says affordable housing, affordable housing, and then add the dollar amount there. So people can see exactly the affordable housing went to this, and this is what it meant by affordable housing. So rather than have a whole um, block over here and then have to look over here and make it easier for the uh, resident to be able to see where the money's. What else was I, I know, Jake, you, you have any other changes there? I believe you shortened some of the descriptions in the list of programs just to make them more concise. And made it a more simple. Yep. Yep. So are you going to bring that back to the group so they can see the changes? Or What we can do is make this sort of a living document. So we could publish the next version, and that can be made available publicly. And then as we get updated data and information, we can just continue to refine it over time. So there's never sort of a fixed, this is the final, final copy, and we're never going to revisit it for you know, two or three years. We can continue to update in real time. And I want to thank you, Ash, for doing that. It's such a short notice when I requested that information. And I can tell you that the people that did come to the table, they did take it with them, and they were curious about how the money had been spent. So this was a very good tool in my event that I attended that I used. So, But thank you very much for putting it together so quickly. You're welcome. I see uh, Member Sala. Thank you. I, I really, really like this, and thank you, Member Rivera, for, for suggesting it because it is an easy handout to give individuals to where the money is being spent because we, we do get asked that all the time. However, I would just, there's a couple things, and maybe it can be on the, I, I love that idea about the QR code, um, that people want more information and want to be more specific, they can go on the QR code, and you can act. So if I wanted to see, okay, so affordable housing, that's a very broad category. Um, but if I want to know, well, exactly what programs under affordable housing were funded through Measure U, I can go on the QR code, go in there, and it would list it. And I think then that would be really informative. And then to take it one step further, and I know that's even a challenge, is, and we asked this before, it's like, so affordable housing, what programs got it and what um, areas or neighborhoods received the specific Measure U monies? I know that one is, that's a bigger ask, but for this, if we had the QR code and someone said, well, what exactly was 
um, what programs were funded under affordable housing, they could go on the QR code and it would list it specifically and it could be for each, each of the categories I think would be very informative. It would also, I would like to see that as well. I mean, I know it's in the other long document <laughs> that you have, and that last year was really great to have, but I think just for the public, it doesn't, just to list what program that was would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Member Sala. I have no more speakers in the queue. Going, going, gone. This is a receive and file item, so we don't need to take any action, and we can move on to... Item six. Item six is participatory budgeting project implementation performance metrics and success indicators. Do we have a staff presentation on this? We do. Um, so, yeah, so we notified the um, grant offer awardees um, from the participatory budgeting project implementation grants a couple of weeks ago. They attended their first uh, contracting orientation last week, and we have the grantees listed in the staff report. And I believe I'm going to share my screen again um, for this item. Um, so in addition to listing the grantees and the amounts in this section, we've broken them up by um, category. So I guess I'll just go ahead and read them. So Joshua's Heart under Homeless Services is going to receive 50000 Under Innovation and Entrepreneurship, we have the Sacramento Developer Collective receiving $100,000. Uh, Blackwater Consulting doing $125,000. So the first one is focused on video game development skills training. And the second one is more of an entrepreneurial uh, business startup program. Under Neighborhood Cleanup, we have three organizations each receiving $20,000. This is going to be in the north area. So Neighborhood Cleanup, uh, sorry, Del Paso Boulevard Partnership, Gardenland Northgate Neighborhood Association, and Sunshine's Cleaning. Under Urban Agriculture, we have the Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance receiving $140,000. That's also in the north area. Under workforce development, we have three, uh, three different uh, projects here. So the first one is by the Construction Industry Education Foundation, uh, looking at construction career programs for um, youth, youth careers. That's uh, $20,000. Play Hard, Play Smart Youth Development is receiving $100,000. And I Am Manpower Youth, sorry, I Am Manpower Academy is launching a food and climate justice youth internships program for $100,000. Um, under youth development and mentorship, we have youth basketball camps, uh, youth civic engagement, youth career mentorship and skills development, uh, youth leadership training program, uh, youth literacy program, each uh, receiving uh, various amounts. Um, there is a larger grant in the south area uh, that's for $100,000 to the Hope Neighborhood Learning Center for a literacy program. We then have the last two, uh, which is providing free transportation services to underserved and unhoused youth in Oak Park. Um, so based on those grant awards, this was a request at the last committee meeting. There was interest in kind of looking at how we might assess the success the successful implementation of these projects. 
And so what we have in this table here, um, again, we, we grouped them by category just to make it easier to have common performance metrics and success indicators in, in a digestible format. And so um, I don't necessarily want to run through each of these unless you all want to, um, but I really just want to highlight what we're looking at under p potential metrics versus success indicators. Under metrics, we're really just measuring inputs. So, you know, how much was produced, how many people were served. So really it's kind of the quantity. But then as we get on to the right side, the possible success indicators, we're really thinking about the quality of the program. So, you know, how well was the program implemented and was anybody better off? And so that's really what we're looking at um, in this table. Again, I don't know that we necessarily want to get into each, um, each, each metric and indicator at this point, but I'll sort of stop there and kind of open it up to uh, feedback and discussion, because really I wanted to respond to the committee's original request and kind of provide something that would kickstart the discussion, but really defer to you all to have a, a discussion about what it means to, to have um, indicators of success for these projects. And before we get to our discussion, I believe we need to ask for public comment. Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have two hands raised online. Uh, our first speaker is Mr. Davis. Hello, yes, this is Lambert. I've been waiting for number six. Uh, it says the North got eight projects, the South got 13. If both parts of the city received 500K, the project should be the same. That's number one. There's a discrepancy there. Now, as a person who attended four different meetings in District 4 or District 2, I'm, I'm impressed with what I see here up to a point. Um, the Gardenland Northgate Association, they got money. I'm, I'm very familiar with them. I'm glad they got something. A group that I put on all my paperwork that I submitted, maybe somebody saw it. Maybe Ash Ragani saw it. Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance. That's a wonderful group. And I promoted them in my paperwork. I was glad to see they received six figures. Del Paso Heights needs to receive six figures and seven figures like the rest of the uh, city. That's why we're underserved. The Hmong Community Center, which I attended a meeting there, I'm so happy to see they got some money. And then I'll end with the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership, which is the PBID in District 2. They canceled both outreach meetings because I went to them and they were canceled. I don't think they should have received $20,000. They never did outreach. You should have just gave that $20,000 to, to the Bay and Back Cheesecakes, and you wouldn't have had a scandal. That's a scandal. They did no outreach at all. And why should they receive any money? And I'm hoping the Robertson Family Center received something because they had two meetings. So thank you for Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance. That's a wonderful group. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is uh, Mr. Boyd. Thank you and good evening. Uh, to Mr. Davis, I'm sure you guys will address it, but Mr. Davis, both the South delegates and North delegates came up with what type of um, entities they, the monies 
and how they were going to be distributed. So that is the reason why there is a difference in the number of uh, outlets that received funding. But the uh, Measure U uh, committee can go into that further. But my question is, there is um, an issue that I have as being one of the proposal delegates for the South area. One category did not receive any applications uh, to the request for a proposal um, uh, that went out for it. And what happened to the monies was distributed to two entities without public notification or opportunity for the public that um, different entities that may actually wanted to um, submit an application for where the monies ended up, i.e. instead of taking the money and handing it directly to these two specific entities without uh, public notification is is questionable. Is questionable, yes, it would have taken, say, another two weeks or whatever. So what, we're months behind in this um, um, program. It is a learning process, I understand that. But to just hand the money to a specific, two different specific groups instead of giving the entire uh, city the option to um, submit for it is not above table. And I am disappointed that that took place and none of the proposal delegates, or I'll state for myself, I know I wasn't made aware of that action. It would have been nice if we would have been clued in instead of finding out in the agenda uh, for this meeting. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. I see that we have several commissioners who want to speak to this issue, and I will start with Member Sala. You're done? Okay. I will go to Member Goris. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Ash, thank you for responding to our request. Um, I guess I just have a basic question. So regarding these grant amounts, um, will they be included in the report we just saw for item four? as far as for the quarterly, or will these be for a future quarterly uh, report? That's a good question. So the funding, um, we have a million dollars. That's the total amount of the grants. Um, it, that would be considered a single line item in the quarterly report. Um, I'm just trying to think about 17 different grants. Um, that's a lot of information to sort of jam pack into that particular report. With that said, I think sort of under, better understanding the committee's interest in monitoring the implementation of these projects, we could provide you a separate maybe quarterly update on each of the 17 grants if that was something you were interested in. I'm just thinking the quarterly financial report may not be the best because that's all of Measure U um, versus this is like less than 1% of, of Measure U. So to, it would be a lot to include all 17 in that report. I, I guess the question is if we say we spend X amount of dollars for homelessness, right? And we give $100,000 to a to a certain um, nonprofit, mm -hmm. I, I just would think that's bragging rights for the city and for us as a committee to say, hey, look what we help kind of help deliver. Mm -hmm. So that, I guess that's just for clarity. I just kind of wanted to ask that. Thank you. It's a, it's a good point. Um, I will say that the category that 
the measure you funds are under for participatory budgeting is community investment, which is the lower right-hand corner. Um, without going into the weeds on this, what we would have to do is pull out each individual project out of community investment and then reallocate it into the other project, which um, takes quite a bit of work just to do that for one project, much less 17. So um, definitely appreciate the feedback. Uh, that would be a, a significant undertaking, I will say, just because of the way that the data lives in our financial system. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Member Diaz. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, and thank you, Ash and, and staff, for giving us a chance to weigh in on these. I actually find this to be the exciting part of the participatory budget program when we put the dollars out and see what we get for the return and investment here. Um, just a couple of suggestions, and maybe the things that are being considered. I recognize uh, this table is small, so you probably have a lot of ideas for how to collect data. Uh, I think the demographic data is probably really important. I know it was noted for quite a few of the categories on the back half of the table. Uh, just speaking on the homelessness side, uh, for that one-day event, which sounds really exciting and I'd love to attend, ensuring that we know the, the you know, different types of folks that we serve, you know, where they come from, their demographic representation is really key, especially as we know uh, a lot of our homeless problems. We have certain communities that are very underserved, so it would be great to know the, the, the folks that we serve more specifically and balancing that with also trying to be maximally effective that day and getting the most that we can in terms of giving people the connections they need. And I would say the same for the innovation and entrepreneurship. I'd be very curious to see, you know, how many folks we serve in the Latino community or the black community as well. The last thing I'll just note um, in terms of the success indicator for the innovation category, very interested to see if we're able to get participants to start a new business within three months of completing the training. But I wonder if we also need a longer window. You know, maybe it takes them a while to get started after completing the training, maybe up to a year. And I would recognize you probably are just asking them via email after the training within a year, did you start something? But um, I don't know if that'll affect the response rate. But it would be good to know. Maybe it takes them longer than 90 days to get started. And so I'm not sure how extensive these categories will be in the end, but uh, definitely as much data as we can gather, it'll help us prove that it was a successful participatory budget pilot, especially if we're going to go for a second round and really show how much we delivered for the city with this $1 million. Um, yeah, so I'm just very excited, excited to see some data, excited to see the money put out and to see the results we deliver and encouraged by the you know, detail and thoroughness here. But I think a few more categories will help us feel really, really confident at the end of the day. So thank you all. Thank you. Uh, Member Paschal, did I get that right? Paschal. Paschal, I'm sorry. Um, first, totally agree with everything that uh, Member Diaz said. Um, I, my question is, um, who's responsible for collecting and tracking all this information? Is it Ash, or is there a, a different plan for that? <laughs> Yeah, so we're still in the process of figuring out how each individual contract will be managed. I'm sort of taking the lead in terms of drafting the contract, so that's where we will actually include some of these reporting requirements. Um, some of the contracts may end up going to other departments besides the city manager's office. Um, with that said, what we try to do is, before we even sign that contract, um, to set expectations up front with the grantee to develop the actual reporting templates that they'll be required to report on. So they know before they even sign that contract what specific data we're gonna be asking them to submit. And so once we have those templates, it becomes 
um, a little bit of an easier process to collect that data and report on it, but really getting, and this kind of gets at member Diaz's point about, well, can we look at beyond 90 days? If you start to think about the implementation considerations there, um, if a business participates in um, an entrepreneurship program and um, the organization that's funded to do that, they basically completed their work. If we're now looking six months out, we have to really think about, well, should that grantee still be under contract to be required to give us reporting, to report data six months, 12 months past the point that they've actually completed that. Um, so that's just one of those considerations. But long story short, if we can develop the templates, it's really up to the grantee to collect that data and then provide it to the city. And we try to make it easy to then put that data into a digestible format that we can then report on to you. I think we talked about with the, um, uh, the last time when the um, uh, firm that was contracted to uh, analyze the rollout, um, if they could be, con or another similar analytics type firm could be um, contracted to do some of that, um, you know, maybe in the next round that ought to be part of the consideration for um, the funding that, that there be some um, report back from, from them or from another entity because I do think like that's really um, important information and obviously there's a limited uh, staff capacity to track that so just putting that out there. Thank you. I have Vice Chair Cooney. Thank you so much. Um, so I have a couple questions. Um, I wondered if it might be possible to have a, a fact sheet put together um, with the participants that have won, um, maybe even a graph that shows the dollars and an overall percentage, um, just so folks can see. Um, I know uh, Member Riviera is very active uh, in her community, and I think having a fact sheet to talk about participatory budgeting, and for the rest of us who go to events and know folks, I think it might be helpful to really uh, have that visual component. Um, I think you've done a fantastic job, Ash, keeping us informed of like exactly what they are, breaking into categories. Um, but I'm just thinking of uh, what's most visually appealing and what is the most easy for folks who may not understand or, or even have the capacity to go through um, all of the, the nitty gritty of things, just to see a, a broad overview, a chart, a graph, maybe even a, um, a little explanation about the, the winning organization. Um, and my, my second uh, question or comment uh, is just a, a confirmation of, of some of the demographic information. I think it would be really helpful to have that. Um, I think having income level would be really great, age, sex, sexual orientation, uh, of course, ethnicity, just to understand who in our community is taking advantage of these programs. And I think that information would really help us as committee members understand if, if maybe we need to do a little more targeting mm -hmm. to get the folks we hope to participate in these programs to show up and, and be present for that process. Um, and then uh, my, my final comment is just to, to maybe he, uh, keep a, a section for the organizations who participate to give um, 
qualitative information in terms of what are their challenges and successes um, implementing this program? Is it that they need more funding to do that work? Is it that they struggled to, to really get folks to get involved and participate? I think that would be really, really useful for us as we make decisions and, and push to have this, uh, again, as a, as a participatory budgeting 2.0 uh, coming next year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, Member Wolf. Thank you. Um, I guess I just had a question around like, methodology for like surveying the participants. Um, I mean, participant satisfaction, like participants who started new businesses within 90 days of completing training. Um, one thing that I've done over the last two and a half years is I've like, worked with school districts to like survey thousands of families throughout the state regarding their ability to connect to broadband um, and a few other, we get demographic information. So I just imagine it's like if it's somebody like, you know, business participating in an operation zone for one of these groups, like how are you guys gonna go get that information? Yeah, so it's, the responsibility is gonna be on the grantee who's funded to implement the project. And so it's gonna vary by the type of program. Usually there's gonna be some touch points where the folks who are receiving the services are interacting with the grantee. And so if there's some sort of onboarding or sign up process, um, that's an opportunity to collect some data up front. And then when they complete the program, that's an opportunity yet again to, to request some more additional data. Um, and that is, and is that's gonna be requested to have that sent to city staff um, as soon as the onboarding happens for whatever program it is? And uh, different, there's variability. Usually the, we don't collect the data until the end of the program. So we usually collect that in a closeout report that the grantee submits prior to receiving their final payment. Thank you. Thank you, Member Wolf. I see Member Riviera. Thank you. So, Ash, people get the contract, and in the contract, it kind of describes everything they need to do. Do I get that? Yes. Basically. So in that contract, can we have it specifically state, just like what Cooney, um, Diaz? Diaz stated, that they are required to provide us the um, income levels, the demographic levels in that contract. So there's no question about what's needed. And I think um, both of these gentlemen, um, what their ideas should be in that contract. Yes. And it, will you make sure that they're in the contracts? Yes, um, so through our American Rescue Plan Act um, grant agreements, we've, I wanna say finally, but we have reached a point as a city where we've sort of standardized a lot of this demographic data that we collect as part of the city's racial equity efforts being managed the city's Office of Diversity and Equity. And so yes, we actually just attach that demographic information to the contract itself and clarify that that's what is required to be reported. So these people that got this funding this time, did you attach that to it? Or would not you personally, but was it attached to it, their contract? Uh, we have yet to execute any contracts yet. It's gonna be a multi-month process before um, these contracts are executed and the grantees begin their work. We did an initial readiness assessment, so we've identified I wanna say two or three grantees who are ready to sort of hit the ground running 
Um, and so we hope in the next month or so, we will have uh, final contracts executed with them. But we really are looking at months out before we start to, to get this information and at least about another month until the first contracts are executed. And, and I'm good if it, you know, you get it at the end of the contract, but when these three that you have are ready to go, they will have that attached to their contract? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, with the one caveat, and there are some programs, I'm not seeing them on this particular list, but it has come up um, where not all of the demographic questions are appropriate in some circumstances. So I'm specifically thinking of instances where there are uh, program participants who are in distress, um, who, are who are vulnerable situations. We've heard feedback that um, asking demographic questions in these moments of crises um, are is somewhat inappropriate or can cause actual harm. And so um, we just wanna be sensitive about that. Again, I don't see that in this list, but- Yeah, I don't see it either. But I will say there's also this other question of who, who's the, the who, are, who is a program participant? So for example, um, in these urban agriculture um, events, are we, are we wanting to know the demographics of every person who attends a farmer's market? That's hard to get, but what we could get is the businesses who are participating at the farmer's market. We could get their demographic information. So there's a little bit of a nuance here that I just wanted to point out, but certainly I think I understand the general interest and direction to um, collect this data to the extent that it's feasible. And, that, and that's what kind of I'm looking for. I'm looking for the, the data that actually Pasquale, Diaz, and Cooney. Thank you. Thank you, Member Rivera. I have Member Sala. Thank you. Um, so that was, thank you for mentioning making it a requirement of the contract. Because if you, if you suggest that they collect it, but it's not mandatory, it won't be collected. So, so I'm glad that you're, it's gonna be included in the contract. Um, I have, I, I wanna respond to Mr. Boyd's comments. And I was one of the review panelists for, there, was, there were several of us that are Measure U, and then there were um, delegates, the original delegates that that comprised a panel of 12 total. Um, and so I wanna say much to Ash's credit, he did bring it to our attention. He said there was one proposal that no applications were um, applied for and that was for $20,000. Should we go back out, see if we can get more or what should we do? And um, it was the agreement because of timeliness and trying to um, get this completed, as Mr. Boyd said, we are behind quite a bit on this proposal. We uh, made a collective decision to divide the money that was left into other programs. But I respect Mr. Boyd's um, comments and observations, and I apologize that it feels um, 
that we didn't go, it doesn't feel, we did not go back to the community and I appreciate his comments and I think that's a lesson learned for next time that should this happen, that we really go back to the community, even if it takes time, go back and allow the community to weigh in on this issue. So, um, I, I think that this whole process, while it's, we've had um, some learning pains, it's really, it was very, very rewarding for me to read the proposals and the applications and see uh, the innovation by these, um, these applicants of how they wanted to serve these communities and and was creative and, and not a lot of money and I really, I think, I, I was just inspired. So I believe that we want to ask the city council, we have the, the analysis of the process that was done by the research company that, we, that was hired. That needs to be presented, but I also believe that and maybe we're, and this is an interim, that the city council needs to hear, and maybe we just give an overview of just like what you did, Ash, but then we highlight some of the innovative proposals that, you know, just single out a couple and highlight it to the city council and say, this is what's being funded. It's not your usual suspects. They're really going into a community that probably would never have its opportunity to get this kind of training and they're getting it, especially I was thinking of some of the youth programs, the farmer's market program, et cetera, um, that it just get highlighted and they'd be aware because w remember, we want them to fund it again for this next cycle and, and in order to do that, they're gonna look at the data and they're gonna say, oh yeah, because I've already heard some saying, well, we heard there was, there was some issues with the process and I said yes there was but it was a pilot and we're learning but when they see and hear the result of some of these innovative programs and these really what I see as grassroots community organizations getting this money and and, and we're hoping, and I believe they're going to do a good job and they're going to serve a community that wouldn't get community. And then we tell them at the end, we're going to give them quantitative and qualitative data. That's going to make them happy. And then that, that just strengthens our request of fund this again. But we need more than a million dollars. A million dollars was just, you know, a drop in the bucket. So, and then my last comment and I think it goes back to, you know, the, I think, um, member um, um, Cooney, sorry, mentioned having this as like a sheet that we can, we can highlight and, and talk about. But all, if there's a way for all the community that went out and voted, and not first be, before they voted, they, there was outreach, to get ideas generated. Then there was a voting process and there was 10, pro 10 ideas that the community said, these are the ones we want funded. We need to go back in some way, let them know this is the result of your involvement. They need to hear it. 
and I'm not sure how to do that. I don't know if we, we go back to the agencies that did the initial gathering of ideas, um, but we need to bring it back to the community and just say, this was the result of all your effort. That, that's it. Thank you, Member Sala. Member Gorris. Thank you. Uh, first, I got a comment and a question for Ash. Uh, my first comment is about Member Sala. Thank you um, for your comments and for your service to this initiative. Um, you know, your attention to details, well, why we're here, what's, what's it all about. So I really appreciate it. Um, my question asked to you is, can, is it possible without being too invasive, maybe as committee members we can get a copy or see an example of what a contract looks like? Um, I'm out in the community and, um, you know, when this participatory budgeting went out, I got a lot of questions about it, you know what I mean? And <laughs> I kind of was kind of trying to like figure out where, where it was all, where everything fell into place. So, you know, if that's just something we could talk about when we talk to some of our businesses and some of our neighbors. Um, I think it would be great if we could look at it and just say, this is kind of what you'll see as part sure. of the process. Yeah. Thank you. I have no further questions. I have a couple questions myself, but any other members of the committee? Um, first, I have a basic question. Um, each, the North and South each received $500,000 for these projects. So, and the projects that were selected were a function of what the community asked for and who applied. Yes. So that the number of projects in each, in the north and south, might not, by nature might not be the same number, but the amount of money invested in each of the north and south is is the same. Yes, and to be really specific um, about that, the north and the south had very different approaches in how the proposal delegates who put the proposals or the ideas on the ballot how they structured those. So for example, in many of the North area ballot projects, they actually specified a minimum number of organizations that would be funded. So rather than saying one organization would get $100,000, they said at least four organizations would receive a share of this pot of $100,000 um, and no organization could receive more than $25,000. So they, and this was, you know, this was a community-driven process. So I don't know if, if, I mean, I think in the North area, they clearly intended to fund more organizations. In the South area, um, I don't know if it was an unintended consequence that fewer organizations got funded with larger dollar amounts or if that's actually what they intended. It, it was, it, that, that was a little bit, we haven't gone back to, to assess that, but whether or not it was intended, that was the outcome because they had larger dollar amounts with fewer organizations. And they actually had fewer applicants. Um, and I think that was also driven by, um, there were many dollar amount restrictions on the maximum annual operating budget for applicants in the South area. And those limitations did not exist for the projects in the North area. So. In the South area, you had fewer applicants, larger dollar amounts, uh, projects funded. In the North area, um, smaller dollar amount, projects funded, uh, more, ap more applicants funded, if that makes sense. Which is sort of the beauty of the whole thing, which is that it's reflecting 
the community and what the community's uh, criteria were. Um, and to that point, um, as I recall from reading the grant applications, they were in response to a specific goal on the part of the community. Yes. So I'd like our metrics to reflect for each project to reflect what the specific goal that the community wanted. You know, X number of interns doing why um, I, don't, I don't know how you do it for the cleanup but but in each case there was a objective that the applicants applied for and the successful applicants met most closely so I think that's a metric that we need to really pay attention to um, and uh, again I think several of us who had the opportunity to read the grant applications were we're inspired, as Member Sala said, by the, the passion that people have for their communities and by, um, the thing that stood out for me was, and by uh, how, in some cases, just a small amount of money was going to make a, a big difference to, to communities. And I, I, I think that's the, the beauty of this, this project. And, and I'm hoping as, as we move forward, um, that we do uh, find a way to make our request to the council to continue to fund it and expand funding um, part of our our budget recommendations, which we'll put on the log. <laughs> uh, I think we're through with that item, unless I hear others. Okay. Then we are to the city manager's office report to the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. Does this is this a public comment? Do we ask for public comment? There's no, there's yeah. no public comment, but I do have just a few updates for the committee. So, um, following up on the requests and the action items that were voted on in the last meeting, on um, sorry tomorrow. The request for three subcommittees will go for, forward to the Personnel and Public Employees Committee for consideration. Um, so we will see you know, what they do at that point. I believe it ultimately does need to be approved by council for the subcommittees to be created. Um, we did have a request from one member who wanted, to, wanted the opportunity to express interest in serving on a particular subcommittee. So, if that's something you're interested in doing tonight, um, you can do that under the item titled committee member ideas, comments, and questions. So when we get to that, if, if that's something you're interested in, you can chime in on that. In terms of the participatory budgeting evaluation report, uh, because of the, um, the scheduling of the budget, um, the next budget and audit committee, they're gonna be receiving a presentation on the budget, so uh, that, report will go to that committee on May 30th. So May 30th, Budget and Audit Committee, they will receive the evaluation report for participatory budgeting. And then on my last update, um, this is connected to somebody's comment earlier, but I did just wanna flag for folks, we are currently not able to update the city's website, at least as staff, um, without going through IT. We recently updated the city's website and so we as staff are getting trained on how to update that website. And so 
Long story short, there is a web page um, that you can get to at cityofsacramento.org slash pb. That's what we were really promoting <laughs> um, for folks to find out more about PB, but unfortunately, we're not able to update that page. And so <laughs> I'm hoping to be able to do that in the next couple of weeks or so and some of the ideas that were suggested in terms of listing the grantees, providing some more visuals, we will be able to post it to that page. And so that's it for the city manager's office updates. Thank you. And this is our opportunity for commissioner comments, ideas, and, and questions, one of which might be um, you expressing any interest on uh, serving on a subcommittee, um, assuming they're established. Um, but any other comments, questions, ideas that you have, this is our opportunity. Uh, I see Member Pascal. Couple questions. Um, the, I think you may have alluded to this, Ash, but um, I know we talked about having like a letter from the committee that would be included with that report uh, or the evaluation um, report on participatory budgeting. And I was just wondering if um, I think some people were volunteering to write the letter. So I can't exactly remember the outcome. And I was just wondering where we left that. And um, if so, if it's done, if we could have a copy, I think that would also be a good sort of advocacy and outreach tool for us. Yes, so um, we actually do have a copy of that cover letter. I'm just trying to think if we are able to provide a copy of that before it is published with the May 30th PMPE agenda. I will check with our attorney on that. Um, I don't necessarily see a problem with it because the vote you took last month was to give um, member Odo Kent the authority to finalize that letter. So it's final, there's no changes that can be made. So once I send it out, assuming that's okay, um, you wouldn't be able to make any changes to it or discuss it or anything like that. But yes, we do have a copy of that. We, I will look into sharing with you all. Did you just wait for your emails? Um, did, uh, did that make sense? Because I know you weren't at the last meeting, so that's why I didn't. would probably be the best person to, Brett Witter would probably be the best person to answer that question. Um, yeah, I don't wanna venture, I guess, without all the background information. Sorry. Thank you. I'm just gonna make a chair's comment, which is, it is our letter. We would think we would be <laughs> able to see it. <laughs> just, just. We're just, I'll just say, we're just still trying to better understand the new processes um, okay. in, you know, there's been some changes. Um, there's no no more ad hocs, and so there's there's just, yeah. I, I yeah. I just <laughs> just trying to give you ammunition for the conversation. Um, Member Sala. So um, I want to encourage all of us to call in tomorrow to the PMP, and 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 just get them to approve our subcommittees. <laughs> There's three of them are up for approval, so call in and and just ask them to approve our subcommittee. That being said, I want one of the, the three subcommittees are budget, um, communication and outreach, and what's the other one? Oh, um, participatory budgeting. So for, um, I, uh, I've been on the uh, communication and outreach when it was ad hoc. I'm going, I want to be on the communication and outreach one 
because I, I really want to move on developing the proposal for our focus group. So anybody who wants to join me in forming that committee, let me, you, I think you can tell me right now because, correct? I, no, no problem with you identifying if you're interested in, in working with me because as Ash said, if subcommittee gets approved, it still has to get, they'll make the recommendation to city council, goes to city council and then comes back. So we're talking maybe two months, three months, something like that. So I, I just want, I, I, I wanna be able to start doing some, some work on this. That's it. Thank you. Member Bird. I am interested in joining one of the subcommunities, uh, the communication and outreach subcommittee. Um, Vice Chair Cooney. Yeah, I wanted to start by uh, giving our thanks to Ash. You have done a fantastic job um, at every step of the way since I've joined the committee, um, and I know before that as well. Just. Uh, being responsive to us, ensuring that we have all the documentation we need, um, and uh, really walking us through the process. So huge thank you uh, to you, Ash. Uh, and I'd also uh, like to express my, my uh, desire to be a part of the participatory budgeting subcommittee. Uh, I got to do a bit of work uh, with them since I've joined the committee, helping uh, as one of the, the 12 folks who are helping approve those final projects. Um, and get the language together uh, for the uh, the uh, RFA, RFA request for application. NOFA. Separate. <laughs> we called it a notice of funding availability. Okay, okay, notice of funding availability. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely like to do that again, and of course, invite my colleagues to be a part of that process. Um, it is a little bit of a longer journey, um, and I know uh, Member Odo Kent is also. Uh, one of the veteran members on that committee, and she can speak to a lot more of the work that they do, but I've enjoyed my time, and I, I'd like to continue to do so. Member Wolf. <clears throat> yeah, I, I just have to say that I'd be interested in participating in that committee as well. Um, any of the others as well, right? There's going to be plenty of work to go around, hopefully, uh, if they're approved. Um, and then I guess this is, this is off topic, but um, I'm go Kings, right? You know, <laughs> there's, a, there's an economic boom to, uh, you know, K Street, especially as these games are going on. So the longer they're in the playoffs, I think that's more, uh, more revenue potentially coming into the city. So that's definitely a benefit. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Um, Member Goris. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say, so I served with Member Sala on the Communications uh, Committee. I'd be willing to do that, but I'll leave it up to the chair. Wherever you need me, I am available for any of the committees. So I know there's a lot of work to do. And also, thank you, Ash, for always supporting our work. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Member Gores. Member Riviera. I'd like to do the, communi the communications and outreach. As long as Ms. Salas can say my last name correctly. <laughs> oh. No, it's oh. Riviera. Riviera. <laughs> Thank you. And I see Member Pascal. 
Thank you. Uh, I should be happy to serve on uh, the committee with you or another. Uh, seems like this committee has a lot of interest, so if there's mm -hmm. another uh, place you want to plug me in, I'm happy to do that. I also just wanted to pick up the thread that um, member um, Sala really, uh, raised earlier in the meeting about um, our process for um, coming up with recommendations uh, regarding the upcoming uh, fiscal year budget. And it seems like the timeline is super short. And so I think it would be good if we had some understanding of just like next steps for how we can be um, effective in uh, making recommendations to the councils before we kind of left or to see. I don't know if the chair has uh, thoughts on that or other. <laughs> Uh, pass forward. Yeah, I, I'm going to speak to that for a moment. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, it's. I think this is going to be our most challenging year in making timely um, recommendations on the budget. We will get our presentation in May, um, and we meet again in June, and the council is going to have the budget adopted mid to late June, so it's going to be very challenging for us to get meaningful, substantive, and timely recommendations. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure what we do. One thought would be to look at um, last year's recommendations and build off those. Um, and um, also think about what we want to say about our PB recommendations. So if, Ash, one more thing for you to uh, send to us is to send last year's recommendations and maybe last year's uh, comments on whatever it was, the 2021 annual report. Mm, yes. I think both of those things have some principles and some guidance that might, if you can read them before our May meeting, might give us a way to make some progress in May that leads us to, you know, in, in the ideal world, our final recommendations coming out of our May meeting, but uh, no later than our June meeting. Was there... Uh and I apologize for not for being new to the process, I guess, but cool. was there any analysis done of what were the recommendations made to the council and which of them were included or not? Like, it'd be helpful to know. That's, that's why I wanted the 2021. Uh, I mean, it's, it lags, which is very frustrating, but we've, we submitted um, our comments on the 2021 Measure U expenditures, and that did track... Um, right along with our recommendations and what the council did it's it's outdated but but yeah it did and um at that time we didn't have as much data as we have now so that report actually tracked on like two three maybe four elements that we could do a compare and contrast and then there were several elements where we had made recommendations but there was no way to pull out the data i think that's less true now a little less true <laughs> um, than it was then um, but that's that's I think that's a great question because you know we are an advisory committee which is advisory so they don't have to take our recommendations but I think it's important to be true to um, what the council was trying to get at when they established that this committee which is that it 
we provide community input um, and hopefully provide it timely and that we can tell the community of the input that we're representing for the community, here's what was taken, not taken. And so we'll get you those documents and um, I, I would say any suggestions you have for making them um, better uh, is, is always welcome. And anyone who wants to work on the committee that's attracting no, no interest, the uh, Budget and Policy Committee, that's, that's where that work is going to have to be done. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, so, and I'm, I'm sorry to jump in on that because there were people in, already in the queue, but, um, so, Member Diaz. Yeah, uh, I was going to back uh, Committee Member Pascal's uh, notes about trying to be prepared to provide feedback even if it is in a tight timeline. Uh, I know there's previous materials that the committee has produced for the council that maybe we could work off of and build off of that so we're not starting from scratch. And I know I'll commit to coming as prepared as I can to May with some of our priorities so we can try to come around hopefully a quick consensus amongst the group too. Uh, and I would be happy to serve on that subcommittee as well. Although I do have to mention, as I'm asking us to do some work, I'm going to get married at the beginning of May, and we'll be out for two weeks. So I'll be back in time for our meeting, but I will be coming back from a wedding, so I probably won't be as prepared as I normally would be. But <laughs> all that being said, uh, I do think if we could find something to advise a council, I think that'd be good for our role as a committee. Great. Congratulations. Right, That's fabulous. Um, yeah. Member Goris. Wow, Member, that. Wow, Member Diaz, that's <laughs> awesome. Congratulations, it's really cool. Um, so my question for you, Madam Chair, is couldn't you, and please don't be mad at me, um, my fellow <laughs> committee members, couldn't you call a special meeting in May to kind of give us that breathing room to make the recommendations to city council? Um, or maybe that's a question more for Ash, because I think in the bylaws the chair could call a special meeting if needed. I believe that was the case before the city council made their changes last year that they adopted. Um, but that's something we can double check. Uh, and I, just to be clear, I would be happy to call a, a special meeting for the purposes of making timely and substantive recommendations to the council on thank the budget. You. Thank so, you. Great, great idea. Um, I see no more speakers in the queue. So if there are no more speakers, let me look at my cheat sheet. Um, do I adjourn? Public comment. Oh, public comment. I'm so sorry. Pub uh, the last item is public comments for matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments, matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. Um, I have no speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have two hands raised online. <clears throat> Our first speaker is Mr. Davis. Yes, I would like to end with a summary of what I've, I've heard. To Mr. Uh, Ragani, uh, in the report, I would like to see it mentioned that you cannot be civically engaged. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have gone to four different meetings. Why would anybody who's civically engaged be eliminated? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me unless there's a hidden agenda. And 
the last, the second part is, uh, we did find out who that group was that advantaged an Asian quota in this process, and they received a mini grant. So when I hear people talking about certain people are doing letters and stuff, we need to evaluate why that was. Maybe that's why you don't want someone civically engaged, because I study City Hall. Uh, my parents moved here in 1946, so they paid property tax for all those years, and we want some of that money. The Del Paso Boulevard Partnership, they are civically engaged. They're a PBID. They even have city employees on their board of directors. That's a double standard. And they received $20,000 and didn't even have outreach because I went to all of the outreaches and they canceled. And the last thing I want to say is um, we need to really find out why it takes so long to release the funding unless you don't have the money. The, every world I'm in, once the funding is approved, cut the check loose. What's, what, what makes you wait so long for these people that have gone through everything they've gone through and now they've got to wait months to get a check? Cut the check loose. It's only a million dollars. You waste that much money fooling with these P-bids. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is uh, Mr. Keon Bliss. Hello, Measure U Committee. Um, Keon Bliss uh, speaking as a concerned citizen for District 4, and I uh, want to commend you for all for recognizing the short timeline and um, encourage you all to um, potentially uh, schedule a, um, a special meeting to discuss that, those budget priorities because I think they're important and uh, really have to raise, you know, why uh, this is considered as part of the, like, why the current scheduling uh, makes it so that it's so close to the end of the year. I mean, on the city's budget website, the timeline lists that, um, you know, the start of the fiscal year begins in July 1st, and um, the priorities and financial policy updates uh, usually uh, come around November with the mid-year forecast and development in Jan December and January. I wonder if it might make sense um, uh, that, uh, you know, from the authority of your committee, uh, to be able to schedule uh, well in advance based on the budget timeline so that you all are get, uh, able to request presentations from the key departments and city staff that use Measure U funding um, as early as December and January so that you can uh, uh, have more time to adequately prepare um, uh, budget recommendations based on that forecast just in time for the mid-year update that's supposed to be in February. I'm of the mind, uh, based upon the 21-22 fiscal year, that it was actually beginning as early as um, as early as uh, uh, October or November. But either way, um, I would encourage you all to consider looking at the uh, budget timeline to do that if you don't already. Um, and then I would also like to raise uh, concerning development with the city's websites, uh, the city clerk's office, where it appears that the uh, Granicus. Uh, player does not seem to work um, for any of the meetings that I've seen, including the archival footage, which I've been trying to look at through, uh, from th uh, three different browsers, including my phone, and none of them had been working. So I really want to uh, encourage you all. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Um, our last speaker is Mr. Barry Boyd. 
Thank you and good evening again. I would like to make my comments on items not on the agenda in regards to saying thank you to the mutual assistance network that is the facility there at the Robertson Center off of Norwood, actually on Norwood Boulevard for their hospitality that the Latino leadership and the Sacramento Environmental Justice Coalition's Earth Day event this past Saturday, which was a full house overflow crowd, the US EPA, the chair of the board of uh, SMUD, multiple um, representatives from uh, the congressional offices, state senator's office. It was a fantastic turnout. And I just wanted to give props again to the mutual assistance network for their hospitality, for allowing Saki JC to host the Earth Day event this past Saturday. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have uh, no more members of the public. Uh, yeah, I have one member who wants to make a comment, Member Bird. So I have a question regarding something that Lambert Davis spoke on, on the grants. When someone um, applies for the grant, is there a time frame um, from when they receive their funding? Is there, do they, like you say you, you apply for it and within three to four weeks or a month you would get a response? Yeah, so really the issue is just the workload impact of making the decision at one point to say, we've identified 17 um, grant offer recipients, and then to just be able to execute 17 contracts all at one time within just a couple weeks is a bit of a challenge. Um, we have to verify their Secretary of State status, their um, business operations tax certificate. Um, we have to develop a scope of work with them, which is basically the contractual language. We have to include the reporting requirements um, that we talked about earlier tonight. So there's just a lot of steps. And then to multiply that by 17 all at one time, it just, it, it's, it's much easier if we're able to sequence and prioritize. Um, the projects that are being implemented first. So they are like given a certain amount of time that oh, yeah. they're told that it's gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that question. Um, and I do have uh, one other update. Um, I, we talked about, uh, talked at our last meeting about setting up meetings with um, all the council members to update on where we're going and get there. Uh, sense of uh, their perceptions and expectations of the committee, and we have set up uh, seven of the, uh, set up six of the nine. One is pending, and two we're still working on. Um, and um, so, and we've had two. We've already had two meetings um, with council members. So. We're, we're getting good feedback and good, I, I think, good responsiveness. People responded pretty quickly to the request for meeting, and it's just a matter of matching up schedules um, to get that done. So um, I'm, I'm pleased at that, and I think we'll, we'll learn some things, and I think they'll start learning more about us um, because 
there's several new council members and all, virtually no, well, maybe two council members were on the council when this committee was established. So, um, yeah, <laughs> time flies. Um, so I just, I wanted to give you an update since we had talked about that last time and we'll, we'll report back um, on our meetings between that, that we have between now and our May meeting. So with that, oh, well, never mind. Um, Member Gorris. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just emailed you and the Vice Chair with my District 7. They offer the date, so we'll follow up. I'm kind of curious, who um, are the two that you've already met with? Oh, um, member, uh, Council Member Talamantes and staff for uh, Council Member Kaplan. Thank you. Anything else for the good of the order? How do, how do I adjourn? Do I have a script? Oh, I, this concludes today's agenda. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for your participation. Uh, the meeting is adjourned. <laughs> 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 <laughs>